Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called the Eila Shmois. These are the names. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos Parsha Shmois, that year was the 25th day of the month of Tevez, which is also the Shabbos that blessed the month of Shvat in the year Tavshin Lamed Zayin exactly 45 years ago. So the Chassidic Discourse, again, is based on the verse, the opening verse of this week's Torah portion, the Eilesh Shmois B'nei Yisrael HaBoyim Yitzrayimah. These are the names of the Jewish people that came to the land of Egypt. And the Torah specifies specifically Reuven, Shimon, Levi, the Yehuda, all the names of the tribes, etc. Shreva says it's known the uh, question that the the uh, Baal Heilula, referring to the Alter Rebbe, we know is Yom Heilula is on the 24th day of the month of Tevis, in his classic book, Safer on the Chassidic uh, insights into the Torah portion, called Torah, with the Chassidic discourse on, on this name, the Eil Shmois, and also in Parshas Vayigash. So he asks that the question is, we know that in Parshas Vayigash, the Torah already tells us the Eile Shmois Bnei Yisrael These are the names of the Jewish who went down to Egypt. So, in other words, the question is: or a simple question. We already in Parshas Vayigash, the Torah tells these are the names of the Jewish who are going down to Egypt. So, why over here does the Torah again repeat it? These are the names of the Jewish people going down to Egypt. Rebbe says also the Mitla Rebbe, which is the second Chabad Rebbe. So he adds to this question. In his Chassidic Discourse, in his Sefer on the Chassidic Insights in the Torah portion called Torah Chaim, the Torah of Life, which is actually an explanation on the Chassidic Discourse of the Alter Rebbe. And he says as follows, We know that Torah is everlasting. And when Torah says something, it's not just a story of the past, an episode of the past, but it's referring to every single time and every single generation. In other words, so practically speaking, we talk about going into the land of Egypt. So it's not just a story in the past we went into the land of Egypt. But every single generation, we go into the land of Egypt. And therefore, there's obviously a Torah we know from the expression of Iroah lesson. So obviously there's a lesson for every single Jewish person in every time and in every, in every place. Why? Because Torah is Iroah, Torah is a lesson. So obviously the lesson of the Torah is everlasting. Now, since the Torah is everlasting, so obviously all the details of the exile of the Jewish people in the land of Egypt happens in every single generation. So therefore, if you look at the specific details of they made our lives bitter by with, with hard work, with different materials we used, with cement and cinder blocks to build, to build, to build the, the land of Egypt. All, all, all the work that we did with, with, heart, with back-breaking labor, obviously all that, it's not just a story of the past. We have it today. It applies to us today. Now, the Rebbe says, and he brings in the middle of the Rebbe, even though they made our lives bitter, bitter, but the goal wasn't just to make our lives bitter for the sake of being bitter. But the goal of our lives being bitter is, is for a purpose. What was the purpose? So we should have the redemption. 
which is going to come comes after being bitter. And like Hashem says, I'm going to go down with you to Egypt, and I'm going to take you out. So Hashem is part and knows and involved in the process of going down to Egypt, all the suffering. But that's the goal is to go out of Egypt. In other words, the whole intent of going into the land of Egypt, past and present, is for one reason, one reason only, not God forbid to get stuck in the mud, get stuck in the bitterness, get stuck in the challenges, get stuck in what's difficult. But the goal is, so we should have Al-Chagamali, we're going to go out and we're going to reach a much, much higher and greater level. This is so far the Rebbe brings from the Alter Rebbe and the Middle Rebbe. Now the Rebbe is going to explain and he says as follows. <clears throat> the Rebbe says, we know, when it speaks about the Jewish people going down to Egypt, what does it say? Yoroi Yoradnu. We went down, we went down. There's a double expression twice going down. There's two levels of going down. The same thing also when it comes to redemption. So it says, I'm going to elevate you and I'm going to elevate you again. We're going to go out twice. So in other words, there's two going down, there's two levels of going down to Egypt and there's two levels of going out of Egypt. What does that mean? So generally speaking, what is the two levels of going out of Egypt referring to? Going out of Egypt, going out of the first Egypt, Golos Mitzrayim, and the second one is going out and having the redemption once Mashiach is going to come, the ultimate going out, the complete going out. So Rebbe says, if the going out is referring to going out of Egypt, of past, and whatever it means spiritually, and going out of this exile when Mashiach comes, Obviously, there must be a connection between these two, these two redemptions. There's the redemption of going out of Egypt and the redemption of, of going out of Discolus. Because obviously, if it's connected, there must be some kind of connection. And the question is, what is the connection? Shabbat explains as follows. We know it's brought down the prophet. The prophet says, Ki eretz Just like when we went out of Egypt, we experienced tremendous miracles. So the same thing also, Mashiach comes, we're going to see tremendous miracles. That's the verse in the prophets. So the simple understanding of the verse is that just like when we went out of Egypt, we had, in order to go out of Egypt, there were tremendous miracles, Hashem brought the plagues and the, the sea, etc. So the, similar to that, when Mashiach comes, we're going to go out of this gullus that we're in, we're also going to have miracles like the past. That's a simple insight. But the Rebbe brings in the Zoya, and the Zoya says, deeper, that the miracles, the wonders that's going to be when Mashiach comes, that, you know those huge miracles when God took us out of Egypt, the plagues and at the sea, all the tremendous wonders we talk about in the night of Pesach, that, so that's amazing, it's powerful wonders, you think you can't even get more, you can't have greater miracles than that. So the Zoyer says when Mashiach comes, there's going to be such miracles that they're going to be much greater than the miracles of going out of Egypt. When you had all those miracles, I read in a place, I'm going to show you wonder is much, much greater. So stay tuned. When Hashem takes us out of Gullus, we're going to experience huge miracles, even greater than going out of, out of Egypt. But back to the point, Rebbe says, the fact that you compare the two wonders of going out of Egypt and when Mashiach comes, obviously there must be a connection. Not only they're both wonders, but in the internal way, and it's not that the wonders are just the same, but literally there's a deep connection between going out of Egypt and going out of this Gullus. 
And because there's a deep connection, there's some kind of connection that connects both of them, so obviously that's why there's a connection in the miracles. So the miracles is, is a side effect of the deep connection between the two exiles and the two redemptions. And that's the connection in the in the Hasidic discourse of the author and Torah and in the middle of Torah Chaim, after he explains the two levels, I'm going to take you out and take you out again, which is referring to going out of Egypt and going out when Mashiach comes, so he continues on that verse, and he connects the two, going out of Egypt and the wonders of Mashiach comes, because the reason why he does that, Rabbi says, is to show you there is a deep connection between going out of Egypt, which is one Geula, one redemption, and the same connection between going out of this Golos, this exile, which is going to be when Mashiach comes. So the question is, what is that powerful connection, the internal connection they both have in common? So Rebbe explains as follows. The connection between the two redemptions, the redemption of the past when we went out of Egypt, and the redemption of the future when Mashiach comes. And he says like this, just like when we went out of Egypt, why did we go out of Egypt? Because we were in Gullus. We were in exile in Egypt. What was the reason for the exile? The reason for the exile wasn't God forbid because Hashem wanted us to be in exile and Hashem wanted, wanted us to suffer. The reason, the internal deep reason why we went into exile, into the land of Egypt, Nekuda Pnimius, the internal purpose of going into Egypt was so that we should have the redemption afterwards. And what is the purpose of the redemption? And what's the ultimate of the redemption? That we should go to Matan Torah and receive the Torah. Like Hashem says clearly, when I'm going to take you out of Egypt, you're going to serve Hashem on this mountain. So again, to be, to be clear, because this is the essence of the, of the Hasidic discourse. What the Rebbe is saying is, when we went into the land of Egypt, we went into exile, that's what we did. But that was not the intent. The intent was to come out of Egypt, to have the redemption, and go to Mount Sinai and receive the Torah. That's the ultimate intent. The ultimate intent of the Golos Mitzrayim, of the exile in Egypt, was to go have the Geula, have the redemption, and go to Mount Sinai and receive the Torah. So Rebbe said the same thing also. This exile that we're in now, it's not God to have pain and suffering and be in exile, and be disconnected from Hashem. But the reason is that we should merit for the Geula, the redemption. And just like when we went out of Egypt, we received the Torah, we're saying that we're going to have the redemption. What we're going to have is we're going to have the revelation of Pneumius, the Torah. We're going to have the revelation of Chassidus and Kabbalah. Which one are we going to have? That Mashiach comes, lost in love in the future. And like the Torah brings the verse where it says, Yishakeinim and Ashikas Piu, when Mashiach comes. We're going to be, have the redemption, but the goal is that we're going to receive Pneumius Atari, we're going to receive Chassidus, we're going to receive Kabbalah, and that's going to be like the deepest relationship we can have with Hashem. And just like when we were in exile in the land of Egypt, the purpose was to, to transform us and to refine us and to purify us. Why? So we should be able to receive the Torah, because if you're not transformed, you're not purified, you're not refined, how can you receive the Torah? Just like um, the Kur Habarazal, when you want to go ahead and you want to take you know, silver and you want to refine it and to make it beautiful and to make it pure, etc. So it goes through a process. 
You have to go through the process of refinement. So the same thing also, that's what we went through in the land of Egypt. We went through the refinement so we can appreciate and connect to the Torah and, 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 and really experience the Torah on a whole different level. So the same thing also, this exile that we're in now, by going through all the hardships of exile, we merit to refine ourselves so we can receive the revelation of Chassidus, Kabbalah, Primius Torah. And we receive it, the Rebbe says, we're going to receive it in a way, and the, the expression is Yisparna which means it's going to be not just we're going to receive it, but it's going to be we're going to receive it with tremendous abundance. And just like Yisparna comes in the word Parnassa, it's going to be like this is going to be our livelihood, this is going to be our sustenance. And that's the ultimate sustenance of, of a Jewish person. The ultimate sustenance is not materialism, it's not wealth, it's not materialistic wealth, but the ultimate wealth is when we connect to Hashem through chassidus, by learning chassidus, living a life of chassidus, connecting to Primis HaTorah. And when we connect to it, it affects us on every single level. Up until it, 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 it literally affects the way we walk. And it, it affects abundance in our mind and our heart and our emotional abundance and total a, a total expansiveness so the goal of this gallus that we're in is for the redemption so we can receive premium satara and that's really the ultimate gift that we can have from hashem and based on this rabbi explains very very powerful this is the reason why unfortunately gallus the exile that we're in is so so long much longer than the land of egypt the land of egypt was only 400 years and actually 210 specifically in the land of Egypt. We're now thousands of years in exile. And the reason is because since the ultimate intent of this exile is the ultimate gula, the ultimate redemption, and we should merit to receive premius atayra, the essence atayra, so we have to go through a longer process of refinement. However, in Mitzrayim, yeah, they, they, we had the redemption, we received the Torah, but what Torah did we receive? We received the revealed part of the Torah. So if to receive the revealed part of the Torah, we only needed a shorter refinement, 210 years, or 400 years total. However, we're going to receive the greatest revelation, the greatest gift, that's why unfortunately the exile so many, so, so much longer, um, thousands of years. In other words, just like, what is Primus Torah? There brings the verse before you, we connect to God in a real intimate way, which is obviously much greater than the revelation of the revealed part of the Torah. So the same thing, the, the exile that we're, we're in, which is the cause, which is going to bring us to the revelation, so obviously it's, it's a much greater exile, because it's going to give us the, great, the greater reward, which is the, actually this exile is much greater and much stronger and much longer than the exile of the land of Egypt because, because that only causes the revelation of the revealed part of the Torah. But now we're working to get the revelation of the internal part of the Torah. Why is that? Because everybody explains. Because the revealed part of Torah, that's the part of Torah that comes in a limited fashion. However, Pneumius HaTorah, Chsidis Kapalah, that's the part of Torah which is infinite. No limits. When you learn revealed part of Torah, it's this finite, finite understanding, finite levels. However, when you learn Pneumius Torah, you learn Chassidus, you learn Kabbalah, there's no limits. It's off the charts. Chapter says one second. So what we're saying is that in order to, re- we're going for what? The gold. We're going for the big prize. The prize is Pneumius Torah, which has no limits. But if that's the case, and that's why the exile is so long, but one second, but the exile we're in is also a finite exile. If we want to have the infinite redemption and the infinite premise of Torah. So what, so, but this exile, the word is, is a finite exile. It's only for a certain amount of years, even though it's long, but still a finite amount, amount of years. 
So Rebbe explains when we, may, when we say a long exile, we don't mean quantitatively. That's for many, many, many more years. In other words, we're talking about the, the, the depth of the pain and the suffering of this exile. And especially the pain and the suffering, which is called the birth pangs of Mashiach. And which is the birth pangs of giving birth, which is like the deepest pain and suffering we're experiencing right now. And as this pain and suffering, it says, is you cannot compare to the pain and suffering on a qualitative level, like the pain and suffering that we had in the land of Egypt. Now, it doesn't mean, God forbid, that we have to have pain and suffering. But in other words, in, in an intense way. But really means is, anytime you have to do things that's not in your nature, with something you're not used to doing, that's also pain and suffering. It doesn't have to be something which is really painful and suffering. Painful and suffering is when you're doing something which is not your nature, that's painful and suffering. And like Torah brings the from the Talmud where it says on, on uh, based on the verse in the Torah by, that they by Yavidu that they cause the Jewish people to work with, with with hard labor. So what does that mean? The Talmud, what, what kind of hard labor did they give them? They, they worked hard. Who doesn't work hard? The, what happened there was they gave men to do women's labor, and they gave women to do men's labor. In other words, for example, let's say a man you give him a woman's job, technically it might be an easier job. Why? Because woman, you give easier type of work to do. But nevertheless, for a man, it's hard work. Because it's not your nature. Anything you're not naturally doing, it's hard for you to do. How much more so is something which is not something you were accustomed to do. It's considered a lot, it's very, very hard and, a lot, and it's painful and suffering. You just don't know how to do it. You're not, it's not your thing. You don't know, you're, not, you're, you're not used to it. And how much more so, the Rebbe says, that we see that there was a famous king, Nebuchadnezzar, and because the Talmud tells us he went and he literally, he, he, he took three steps in honor, of Hashem, in honor of Hashem, the king of all the kings. So because he went out of his way for Hashem, the king of all the kings, he went out of his way. It wasn't the natural thing for him to do. He merited for himself, for his children, his grandchildren, for three generations. He merited kingdom. Why? Because he went out of his way for Hashem. And we're talking about not just a simple kingdom, a a, a, a huge kingdom, a kingdom with a, with a tremendous abundance. As we know, Nebuchadnezzar was like the king over the whole world. How did he merit it? Because he went out of his way. So as you see that when you go out of your way, you get tremendous reward. Like you see in the story of Nebuchadnezzar, he went out of his way for three steps. Look what he got for three generations. So represents how much more so when it refers to the Jewish people, when we go out of our way, we're doing things we're not supposed to be doing. We're not we're not accustomed to do, and we we are considered the the the, um, the 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 oldest son of God, as the, as the verse says, the Torah says, "Bonim atem la your children to God are God. So what happens when we go out of the, our way? The the good that we that we deserve and that we earn is should be much greater than the Bukhanetzer. And every single Jewish person, even a simple person, the Rebbe says, could demand from Hashem everything good spiritually. Don't lose sight. Don't ask for a cheap thrill for something materially. Ask for spiritual rewards. Because that's the main reward for a Jewish person. The main reward is godliness. Chsidus, primis like we're learning here. The main reward is to see and connect to Hashem. 
Once you have the godly connection, once you're learning chassidus, you connect it with the infinite, automatically it's going to translate the materialistic blessings and everything that you need. And obviously, and specifically, what that includes is having children, good health, having what to eat in an abundance, having success in abundance, and up to the point that we're a king in our, in our, in our, in our world. But the point represents we have to ask Hashem, not God forbid for materialism, ask God for godliness, ask God to connect to the light. Once you're connected to Hashem through Chassidus, automatically you'll have everything, spiritually for sure, God, that's what you ask for, and that will translate also into physical, but don't start over the physical, you're shortchanging the most important blessings you can get. And so from the, there was points out, and here you see that how the fact that we don't have what we need and we're doing something which is not naturally, it's considered tremendous pain and suffering. And obviously it's much greater than the pain and suffering that the Jewish people had in the land of Egypt. Which why? Because that was before we got the Torah. And now we're commanded to do the mitzvahs, so it's much harder to do it. <clears throat> but when we do what we're supposed to, we wipe away anything which is blocking us and we wipe away all the pain and suffering that we went through and we'll have the greatest revelations. Now, the fact is like this. What do we want? We want to have the ultimate revelation. We want the gula. We want the redemption. Prim is a Torah. So the Rebbe says we know that all the revelations that's going to be when Mashiach comes, it's dependent on our action and our work now in Gullahs for these 6,000 years of exile. And so based on this, the Rebbe is going to explain what does it mean, the work that we're doing in exile. So in the Torah it says, they made their lives bitter. What does that mean spiritually, they made their lives bitter? In other words, there's the physical labor. What is the spiritual work? What's hard for us? So we can do it with hard work. What is hard work? So when you sit down to learn Chumash, Mishnah, Talmud, Kabbalah, whatever you're studying, and you do it with Baboida Kasha, means Kasha comes from the word hard, but also means Kushti, you ask questions when you're learning. That's, that's what you accomplish on a spiritual level. Bechoimer refers to what? Kalvachoimer. One of the ways to learn is by, uh, by uh, uh, something easier, something harder, different ways you learn things out in the Talmud. Also, for example, Levenim. So what does that mean on a spiritual level? It's referring to trying to clarify the, the Jewish law because you have this one says like this, that one says like that, but what is the halacha? So you discuss it until you get to the bottom of the Jewish law. In other words, you have to work very, very hard. Learning Torah to come out with a clear a clear understanding of what, what Hashem wants from us by having tremendous discussion. Like we know it says, um, uh, the referring to Galos, that in the darkness we find Hashem. In other words, and what is the darkness you're finding Hashem? It's referring to the Babylonian Talmud, because we know when you learn the Talmud, so the Jerusalem Talmud is very, very clear. The Babylonian Talmud is much more discussion. But specifically through that discussion, you find Hashem. In other words, because you're able to wash out, and you're able to, through the questions, you're able to come to, to, uh, the clarity, um, like it says, Raminu. What does Raminu? So never explains what does Raminu mean. That the, the Jewish law is in a way. Raminu comes from the word of Moir. It's it, it, there's a lot of light to it, and it's shining. And that's really the ultimate of learning Torah to come out. What does the halacha? What does Jewish law have to say? Clarity. What do I do? How do I behave? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? How do I observe Shabbat, Yom Tov, um, all the all the all the life cycle events? Everything that's brought down and explained in halacha. And that's the the power and the quality of learning Mishnah, the the part of the Talmud which is the Mishnah, which basically tells us what the Mishnah, what 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 the law is, how we're supposed to do things. 
And that's why it's, the Rebbe brings the word Chazal tell us that what's going to cause us, so to speak, to come out of exile, what's going to cause all the Jewish people to be united, it's going to come by learning Mishnayas. <clears throat> because as the verse says, even if you're going to be dispersed amongst nations, Hashem is going to gather us together. How do we gather together? By learning Mishnah, by learning Halacha, and by learning Torah. That's how we have clear clarity. And the same thing also, that's the spiritual work when we, when we study Torah. But there's also spiritual work, and we find that it happens when we pray. And like Derbeck says, that the, the, the Tzermach Sadek explains at length in the Chassidic Discourse in Torah Chaim. And uh, when we do when we go through all the struggles that we go through on a spiritual level by learning Torah and by, 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 by praying, so through that um, we exchange we exchange the, the exile, the, 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 the challenges of exile into, 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 into godly challenges. So now the Zerba saying is like this. We're in Gullus. We have a lot of challenges. We're not doing what we're supposed to. We're not doing things that we're naturally able to do. But we can, we can exchange it to having all the struggles while, by, by learning Torah and by praying. And if you, if you have your struggles while you're learning, trying to come to clarity of the Torah, and by prayer to have a relation with Hashem, you won't have to have physical or materialistic struggles. So based on this, Rebbe explains, brings it now back full circle, and he says like this. That's why the Torah says, Ve'eleh shmois b'nei Yisrael. This is the names of the Jewish people that went to Egypt. The question is, why does it say, what's the idea of Shmois, the names of the Jewish people? And everybody's saying this, because when the Jewish people went to Egypt, <clears throat> by using their names, the Eilish Shmois, by using their names, they affected the redemption that came afterwards. What does that mean? What does it mean, the names of the Jewish people? So whoever brings the Medrash, the Medrash says as follows. Reuven and Shimon, that's their names, went down to exile, and Reuven and Shimon went out of exile. What does that mean, they went in, they went out? It means, the mention is very simple. They didn't change their names. They went into exile with Reuven and Shimon. They went through challenges and struggles. They didn't give up. They didn't change my names. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't totally get isolated, get, get mixed into Gullahs. No, they stayed strong. They didn't change their names. In other words, what does that mean practically? Besides the fact they saw, they, st- they stood strong when it came to the foundations of Torah and the foundations of doing mitzvahs, and even on simple learning Torah or a simple mitzvah, or even things which is like a like a minig, a custom, just like to beautify a mitzvah. But up to the point that even what's the sign? Because even when it came to their name, it's such a name. They didn't change their name. How much more so? They learned Torah. They did. They did observe the mitzvahs the way they're supposed to. And the same thing also. That's Beis Shmuel when someone went out of Egypt, going out of the exile of Egypt. But the same thing also in this exile that we have to stand strong, even on simple things. Just like they didn't change their name, change the names. Then we don't change anything. We stay committed to Hashem. We learn Torah. We do mitzvahs. We stick to our, our names. We stick to what we stand for, and we do all the right things what Hashem wants. And by going down into Egypt, the same way, without giving anything up, will come out the same way. And that's why it says the Eilish Shmois B'nai Yisrael. We went down with our names. We're coming up with our names. And just like it was then, the same thing also is going to be in our Golas. And the, the same thing also applies to Torah. Why? Because we know it says that um, Torah is also called names. Why? Because the whole Torah, the whole, 
The whole Torah is the names of Hashem. And when, when you learn Torah, which is basically you're learning the names of Hashem, you're able to affect, to draw down the Eila Shmois, the names that we have, the names of the Torah. As we know that, again, the whole Torah is the names of Hashem. So when you learn Torah, you're bringing the name of Hashem everywhere. And we know there's, six, um, there's 600,000 letters in the Torah, which every one of the letters is the name of Hashem. Obviously, some are concealed or some are revealed. The whole Torah is the names of Hashem. Hashem wrote the Torah. It's all from Hashem. It's the whole Torah is the name of Hashem. Obviously, amongst the different permutations, there's, there's different levels in the revelation of a God's name. So you have the seven names of Hashem, which we do not let erase, because obviously the Hashem is much more revealed in there. And in there also you have Shmoy HaGadol, the big, infinite name of Hashem. And that gets revealed. When is the, when is the name of Hashem going to be totally revealed? That's when Mashiach comes. But how does it happen? By our spiritual work now in Golis. By learning and praying and doing our avoid of staying strong, when Mashiach comes, it's all going to be revealed. And the fact that Rebbe says something very profound and very interesting, he says that this Shmoy Hagadol, this huge name of Hashem, which is really only revealed when Mashiach comes, but Rebbe says the fact that it was already revealed in Hanukkah by the miracle of Hanukkah, the Shmoy Hagadol of Hashem was revealed. Why? Because we say in the Alanism, what do we say in the Alanism prayer? Lahoidois, we, we're, we're acknowledging, Lahalel, we're praising, Lashimcha Hagadol. So already then they acknowledge, they revealed the big name of Hashem. Now we know when something happens, it happens everlasting. As we know specifically when it comes to the candles of Hanukkah, they never get nullified. But however, unfortunately, the way it's revealed in this world, it's in a concealed way. But the revelation of Shmoya Godel, when is that going to happen? That's going to happen well, when Mashiach comes. Now, even when we went down to exile, so we said there's two levels of going down to exile. Yore Yiradnu. What does that mean on a spiritual level? So we know that intellect, that's where the brain is, right? All the deep ideas are in the intellect. But if you have these deep ideas in the intellect, you have to bring it down. What do you bring it down to? So the first level of bringing it down is when you think about it. The first level of bringing it down is bringing it from intellect into thought. The second level is when you bring it down from thought into speech. So bringing it down brings intellect into thought and into speech. What does that mean practically? When it comes to learning Torah and praying, you also have the same two levels. Why? Because Torah is the power, the intellect of Hashem. Prayer is also the, the, the intellect of Hashem. So when you learn Torah, the so first level is when you bring it into your thought. You sit down to learn. So first you think about it. So you're bringing it down, the intellect of Hashem, into your thought. And then when you discuss it and you learn it, so you're bringing it down to speech. So you're taking the intellect of Hashem, bringing it down from one level from thought, down to the second level into speech. And like the verse says, So the literal translation means, it's life for those that find it. But the, 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 what it says in the Gemara, it says like this, What does it mean, the ones that find it? But peh. Life is when you bring it down from to thought, and you say it, articulate it. And you can even bring it down even a step further, into every one of your limbs. Like, for example, it says in the Talmud, if it is spread out in your, all your 248 limbs, then you're going to have Torah. So when you learn Torah and you pray, you think it. That's one level, bringing it down. Meditation. Then you bring it into speech. But then it becomes part of your whole, your whole being. And when it becomes part of your whole being, that's when it lasts. 
And that's in terms of learning Torah. The same thing applies when you pray. Because even though when you pray, really it's your heart that's talking to Hashem. But the fact is, and we know because it says, what is considered the work of the heart, that's prayer. Prayer is the work of a heart. But nevertheless, if it just stays in your heart, that's like the Torah staying in your head. But the goal is to say the words of prayer. Because when you say the words of prayer, you literally take away anything that's blocking you with your relationship with Hashem. And like the... Um, like the Tzemach Tzedek explains um, in uh, Sefer HaMitzvot, in the mitzvah of confession of, of, of repentance, in reference to saying the 22 letters, not just to have the confession in your heart, you have to say it. Because by saying it, when you bring it down, that has the power to break anything that's stopping you in your relation with Hashem. And Rebbe finishes up and he says, this is the whole idea of redemption. What is redemption? What is, what is basically all about the redemption? Drawing down. Drawing down what? The Shimcha Gadol, the infinite name of Hashem, on both levels. First level is in the worlds that are concealed, which is not revealed, which is called in the world of Kabbalah, Alma de Iskasia. And it was just like the, just like, just like the word, just like the words that we have in our, our thought, bringing it down to the concealed world, which is not revealed, Alma de Iskasia, just like the world of thought. Also bringing out, in, bringing it down to the revealed world. Which is like the world of speech. When you say something, you bring it down to the revealed world, and by drawing it, drawing down the infinite name of Hashem into the world of thought, into the world of speech, Alma Discasia, the concealed world, Alma Discasia, the revealed world, and those bringing it down from the concealed world and to the revealed world. That's what it says in the, in the prayers. Mina Oilam the Ada Oilam, bringing it down from one world to the next, like Doctor explains at Lent and Torah. And how does this happen? It happens through the first Redeemer, which happened in the land of Egypt. And up we're going to have the ultimate Redeemer. And when is that going to happen? It's going to happen very, very soon, very, very quickly. Here you see another powerful Hasidic discourse from the Rebbe. The Eil Shmois, that we go into Egypt, we go in with our names, we come out with our names. <coughs> but more importantly, unfortunately, the exile we're going through is that we should have the greatest revelations or a revelation of chassidus. And that is really ultimately the biggest gift we can have. When we merit to have the greatest revelation, we can start the process now, like Rebbe says, by learning Torah, bringing it down to your thought, into your speech, into action, by praying, and, uh, uh, saying the words of prayer, feeling the words of prayer, we will experience the greatest revelations and ultimately, the Rebbe says, we're going to have the ultimate redemption with Mashiach Tzedkenu. Have a great and blessed week. And let's hope and pray our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh.